Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to Soul Nectar. I'm your guide, Nadine Avani, bringing you real, raw, illuminating conversations surrounding all things consciousness, intimacy, sexuality, inner power, and the full spectrum human experience. This is a space where we openly explore the intersection of that which is deemed sacred and profane. These episodes will guide you to more deeply know yourself, liberate your true expression, and infuse much more pleasure, embodiment, and magic into your life. Let's dive in. Hello, my nectar suckers. I am celebrating you for tuning into this episode out of everything else on the internet that you could possibly be listening to because I sat down with Anne Nguyen, who is just the embodiment of pleasure itself. Anne Nguyen is a Vietnamese-American sexual empowerment coach whose work centers on pleasure as a liberatory practice and fuel for personal empowerment. She teaches women how to love their bodies, see sexuality as sacred, and channel orgasmic pleasure into better relationships, careers, leadership, and self-love. Through her coaching and programs, she reconnects women to the power of their sexuality and facilitates deep transformation for sexual reclamation. Most of all, she's here to make our modern day sexual revolution fun and accessible to all. So this conversation is such a permission slip to transform the way that you relate to your own pleasure and sexuality and your body as one of the most important parts of your life. So we went deep into Anne's journey from an upbringing surrounded by abuse and domestic violence to reclaiming her pleasure, her body, and her sexuality. We also discussed redefining pleasure and orgasm and how to rewire your nervous system to feel safe, relaxing, and not always being quote-unquote productive. We also went into the connection between sex, money, power, and leadership, practical techniques for getting out of your head and your thoughts during sex, how to openly communicate with your partner or lover even when it feels a little uncomfortable, co-creating a safe container within a relationship, dismantling internalized capitalism, and how fun, pleasure, and playfulness impact all other areas of your life. So before we transition into today's uninterrupted episode of Soul Nectar, I also want to mention that Force of Nature is beginning so soon. The next round starts on August 20th, and this is my eight-week online training in the art of feminine leadership. This is for you if you desire to liberate a more authentic self-expression, embody your unique flavor of confidence, redefine power, and own the magic you're here to share with the world. The eight weeks can be broken down into two main phases. The first one is completely focused on your healing. So we are going to heal, integrate, and become conscious of our inner elements, which are the mind, which is air, the emotions or water, body, which is earth, and spirit, which is fire. The next phase is completely devoted to activation, action, and empowerment as we focus on the pussy, the heart, and the throat. 
A quick excerpt from one of the testimonials from Tony from the first round of this program is, I can truthfully say that force of nature changed my life and showed me how I can accelerate my healing journey. It was so beautiful to be held and guided in the container that you provided. Thank you for this amazing, authentic, heartfelt, and eye-opening experience and for sharing so much of yourself and for showing yourself unapologetically and guiding others in doing the same, end quote. I'm so incredibly passionate about this program, and if you want to sign up or read more testimonials and details about this offering, you can go to the show notes and I'll leave a link for you there. All right, my friends, without further ado, here is today's episode of Soul Nectar with Anne Nguyen. I'm sitting here with the lovely and powerful Anne Nguyen, who is a sexual empowerment coach. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. So you are someone who, when I think about you, I think of unapologetic, free expression, body love, reclamation of orgasm and pleasure and sexuality and all the juiciness of life. So I'm curious if you're willing to share, like, what has your own personal journey looked like a little bit? Like, what has led you to where you are right now with this deep sense of embodiment? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think like most coaches or most people that have gone on their own journey, you know, it really started with the things that brought me to want to seek transformation. And so, um, you know, if I'm super, super honest, like especially I'm sure people who have done this work, it's kind of like you go all the way back to your childhood. Um, but I grew up, I mean, I'm a child of immigrants. I'm a woman of color. Um And I'm someone who grew up with um, abuse and domestic violence in my household. Um, And so really growing up, there was just so much that I had, especially growing up, uh, you know, like in the West around my beauty, around my body, um, and really around like a a somatic, like embodied safety um, around men and just in the world in general. And so you know, through my teens and my earlier 20s, I think like most of us, I was very um, disconnected from my own body, from my own pleasure, from my own wants and my own desires. Um, I think just like all of us, you know, I wanted to be loved and I wanted like the external validation and all of that. And uh, especially when it came to love, relationships, pleasure, sexuality, um, it was very much like an outsourcing of my power. And I really, at the same time, I think, think my ancestors have always been someone who's resourceful. And I think also thank you to my ancestors, like seem to find the spiritual path as the thing that really got me out of darker times. And so um, through all of that, I think my journey really started um, with discovering the power of coaching specific, like specifically trauma resolution, somatic trauma resolution. Um, and then that I think created enough safety in my system to go for the pleasure and the orgasms and, um, all of that, because it was an area where I definitely struggled. And, um, I was so keen on finding the answers. I was someone who was always scouring and searching the internet. And this is a while ago before a lot of this stuff was out. 
Um, and when I started diving into the pleasure work, the sexuality work, um, I mean, that was another monumental shift inside of that inner part of my being that I was always craving and that I got to feel in a very real way. Um, and it absolutely changed my life. And so I decided to devote my life to it and to teach it to anyone who's willing to listen and who's open to this way of being. Um, cause I feel like it's one of the most important ways for us to get free during this time. Mm, so well said. And as you're speaking, I feel such a deep resonance in my own body and like this lightness and joy and freedom just from witnessing you. And I know at least for me, a big part of my own journey was also redefining pleasure and sexuality and orgasm, because I believe as a society, we have such a narrow perspective of what that means and how we relate to it. So I'm curious, what is your relationship with or definition of pleasure and orgasm even? Yeah, to me, I mean, I am, I feel myself as like a really devoted tantrika. (laughs) So to me, you know, pleasure and sexuality, it's really like life force energy. It's really an internal relationship. And it's almost like this artistic eros connection with life. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's always what I felt underneath. That was always a thing that I was searching for. Um, But that was never named in the mainstream, you know, um, way that we learn about sex. And I remember, you know, our mutual teacher, Layla, or just things that I would read about um, pleasure and sexuality and orgasm being a spiritual experience that connects us to something bigger than ourselves. That really, like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, yes, that's it. That's Mm -hmm. what I've been looking for. Even if I haven't quite experienced it, like I just felt like that seed of truth that was always there. And then I would say the second way that I really relate to pleasure and sexuality is as a liberatory practice. And I really learned that from a lot of Black feminist thought leaders like Audre Lorde and Adrienne Marie Brown. And so that is a huge facet of the way that I look at pleasure and orgasm, Um, because for, you know, people who have been systematically oppressed to feel joy, to feel a power inside of your body, um, to feel your own worthiness is really a revolutionary act. And so I also see pleasure and orgasm as potent healing modalities, both personally and societally and in the bigger structures of our world. Wow. Thank you for bringing that up. And in our culture, like deeply, deeply ingrained in our nervous systems, there can be this deep association between our sense of safety with hustle and grind and productivity and go, 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 do, 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 push, push, push. And just like you said, it can be so radical and revolutionary to slow the fuck down and incorporate pleasure like you said, especially for people of color and marginalized communities to recognize and create space for pleasure is so huge and so life-changing, like not only for you, but also on ancestral levels and collective levels. So if someone is listening and they want to get started on 
this path of incorporating more pleasure into their lives and they have no idea how to do that. What are some tips or advice for how to cultivate more pleasure in your life? Yeah. I mean, I think it starts with redefining pleasure. You know, it's something that we've talked about, but I think to break it down even more to me, pleasure is anything that feels good to you. And it has so many different flavors. It could be nourishing. It could be calm. It can be peaceful. It can be um, intellectually stimulating, like reading a book or, or listening to a podcast. Um, so I think desexualizing pleasure is a really big part of it. Um, you know, it could be eating, it could be all of those different things. Um, and one of the things that I teach is my 5% pleasure rule, which is really looking at your life and thinking, how can I make every moment 5% more pleasurable? Um, mm -hmm. So the example that I love to give is putting on music, even if you're taking a five minute shower, um, lighting a candle. Actually, I have a feather wand here <laughs> right on my <laughs> desk so that I could like <laughs> feel this beautiful sensation, right? That's my 5% um, that I do while I'm working. And the reason why this is really powerful is both, you know, because they're little micro steps that help you remember to choose your worthiness, to choose your joy, to choose and create your pleasure in every single moment. And I think that's really empowering. Um, but also for your nervous system, if, you know, you've experienced sexual trauma or, you know, even like the societal sort of systematic traumas, um, it can feel unsafe almost to lean into goodness or to lean into pleasure. And so on the nervous system level, um, engaging in what's called like periphery pleasure or small doable steps um, is a way to start to train your body to receive more, right? The, the quote unquote little things are the things that really, really, really add up in the long run. And so that's one of my favorite um, practices to teach uh, when it comes to engaging in pleasure and one that my clients and people who follow me have reported over and over and over again that is you know so simple but the most helpful yeah and I love how actionable it is it can be done in any moment no matter what you're doing and it can be so easy to have the thought of oh once I get to this point once I do this thing once I check off this box then I'll do the thing that makes me feel really good. Then I can feel this way. Then I can be in my pleasure. But maybe this sounds really corny, but life is the little moments. It's the journey, not the destination. So no matter what you're doing, I feel like you just gave people such a permission slip and invitation to incorporate just a little bit more pleasure and to start over time to associate safety with pleasure and beingness and connection to your body instead of only associating it with productivity and hustle. Yeah, I think it's connecting it with safety and also connecting it with your own creative power, mm. like to realize you are empowered to choose in every moment. You are empowered to create your pleasure, right? I feel like a lot of our conditioning is like someone else should give that to me. Or like you said, like I only deserve it if I you know, have these accomplishments, but it really also helps to like instate like that it's within you. You are the one who gets mm. to be the center and the one who makes it all happen. Exactly. 
I love that. Like we can wait for someone else to tell us, oh, this is okay to do. Now you can do this. Or you can realize that no one's coming to save us and we can give that permission to ourselves. Um, And something I definitely wanted to touch on today because I've seen you speak about it before is the relationship between healing our sexuality with money, power, and leadership and how we show up in the world and our work and how we serve So what has that looked like for you? Like, what have you noticed between the relationship, let's say with money and empowering and healing your sexuality? Yeah. So I think really when it comes down to it, the fundamental thing is that I believe that work around your sexuality is the marriage between body and sensation and goodness and your internal power. And the reason why body is so important is because the ways that we have been taught to hold power or to create money or to create success in our lives is to ignore the body, is to push the body, is to exhaust the body, is to ignore ourselves, essentially. And so to me, when you do sexuality work, you're really practicing sensitization. You're really practicing being here in the moment. And you can do a lot of other practices that help you with that. But I think sexuality work and orgasm also brings in the pleasure part, the holding more energy inside of your body, the being able to receive more of it, to know yourself really intimately. And I think those are all the same ingredients that um, are necessary to hold more money and to hold more of your own power and to see yourself. And also when it comes to leadership, to be discerning, to be able to listen to your own inner compass. Um, And so like we talked about, even nervous system wise, right, learning how to stay with a sensation of pleasure longer and longer, like you might do in self-pleasure practices, right, helps you stay in a state of higher sensation for longer and longer that might be required when you are growing, you are expanding, you are pushing new edges of your expression or your leadership, or you're receiving more money, or maybe you're up against more discomfort in managing your money, right? And so I think that they're the skills that um, bring the body along with what you mentally want to create. Mm. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it makes so much sense. And I feel like especially within the last couple of years, like the word somatic, somatic healing, somatic coaching has become way more mainstream and way more popular, which is incredible. But there can also be a lot of confusion around what exactly that means and how it relates to the rest of our lives mm-hmm. and doing something like prioritizing your pleasure, empowering your sexuality for some, it might seem like this superfluous, whatever thing that isn't really important, but it affects everything else. When you expand your capacity for sensation, aliveness, presence, pleasure, like that is going to impact how you show up with your family, your kids, your partner, your work. It impacts absolutely everything. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So a question that I get a lot from people is how to 
drop out of the mind and into the body, especially during sex. And I'm wondering what little juicy nuggets or wisdom you have around that. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's so many practical things, which is practice, (laughs) practical practice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so really, I think learning how to create dedicated time to feel your own sensations and to name them out loud, right? One of the practices that we teach is something as simple as body meditation, where you close your eyes and you touch, or you just start to sense your own body and you name those sensations out loud. There's right now, if I close my eyes, there's a heat in my face, right? And so that I think is one of the most underrated things (laughs) that you can do. And to be able to practice that um, on your own is a way to build that skill so that when you're in the bedroom with your partner, um, it really helps you to like already kind of have that inside of your body as a memory that's going to be easier to do when you're with a partner. Mm-hmm. So that is one part of it. I mean, there are other practical tools, right? Like breathing, that like deeper breathing helps to quiet that cortex. It helps to quiet that thinking mind. But I would also say on the mental level, and this is what I see a lot with my clients, it's being able to say out loud, what are the thoughts that are happening, right? A lot of times you are having thoughts in your head because of conditioning. Like this should be going a certain way. I'm taking too long. Um, You know, he's not doing it right or she's not doing it right or they're not doing it right. Like all of those thoughts actually usually point us to deeper conditioning. And so to be able to get those thoughts, that conditioning out of your head and to be able to process it, to be with it, to be like, why does that recurring thought happen, right? One of the biggest ones that my clients come to me with all the time is I'm taking too long. I am taking too Mm. long, right? And that when I coach them on it, then we get into why do you think you're taking too long? What are the systems of conditioning? And also how can you re-implant new thoughts in your mind that then help you actually relax and to get out of your head? And then the last part that I'll mention that piggybacks off of this is communication with your partner. Usually you are super in your head because you are making assumptions and you are trying to manage your partner's experience of you and of the situation. And a lot of that can be really mediated by communication with your partner. So I just coached on this in one of my group programs. Someone was worried about taking too long And I just said, have you ever asked your partner if they feel like you're taking too long? You know, because that is the thing that's, you know, keeping uh, her out of the moment. And she was like, oh, no, like I never have. Mm -hmm. And so having conversations, taking note about what is going on inside of your head so that you can create something new and that is so much more helpful Um, That is another piece of it, too, that I think if we dig down deeper, people don't always realize they're just like, I'm in my head. Well, it's like, well, what's in your head? (laughs) Let's talk Mm -hmm. about that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. So much goodness in what you just said. And 
it can be easy for us to be lost in our spiraling thoughts. Like you said, that have to do mostly with assumptions and expectations and projections and believing our thoughts instead of realizing that usually the vast majority of our thoughts are not true. It's a way of our mind trying to keep us safe or protect us in some way, even if it's not real, it's perceived sense of safety. So something as simple as saying your thoughts out loud and really questioning them and asking, is this actually true can change the game. And I love the um, tip that you gave of coming back to your sensations in your body, because the sensations are happening infinitely in the present moment. So the more we can be in our sensations and our pleasure, and that takes us back to the present and out of the mind. And for someone who is wanting to have more open, honest, transparent communication with their partner, whether it is during lovemaking and sexual experiences or just in general, and they're kind of fixating on assumptions and projections of how the partner might react, how could someone more easily communicate their fears with their partner? Yeah. My biggest tip for this is always align yourselves with the higher vision. So for example, rather than just coming to your partner and saying, you don't give me enough foreplay. I'm not turned on enough. I hate how you rush me really approaching them. And especially if you're starting to bring this culture of communication into your relationship, maybe even starting with, Hey, how would you feel about us talking more about our sex life and our sexual experiences to be able to really meet one another and to create the best sex of our lives, to be able to know one another's desires, right? That is enticing. That is like, oh yeah, even if it might be scary for someone or it might feel vulnerable, it's really approaching your partner with that higher vision, right? I want to have this conversation because. So I would really encourage someone to think about what is the why? What is the benefit? What is going to be on the other side of it? And to remind themselves and to remind their partner of that, to enroll or ask their partner if they want to come along for that vision, because that creates a lot more safety. And the other part too is safety, right? So even creating a safe container to say, I really want us to be honest without us thinking that there's something wrong with the other person. And that doesn't mean, and I think the last piece is like, it doesn't mean that it's going to be smooth sailing. I mean, I just had a conversation with my partner the other night. Honesty is one of the biggest things in our relationship. And it was cringy. My body was like, ah, and I would say that out loud. You know, I said something really honest to him and I was like, this feels really uncomfortable. And he was like, yes, I am uncomfortable too, but also that's just part of it. And so I think accepting, I think people are always like, how do I make it like not uncomfortable? Like, I'm sorry, I'm just going to be real. It's going to be uncomfortable and it'll get easier um, every time. Um, and that doesn't mean it won't continue to be uncomfortable. Um, and that's okay. I think accepting that as part of the process. Totally. And I think so much of the fear and hesitation isn't about 
the situation or the interaction itself. It's the fear of how it's going to feel in my body. It's going to feel cringy and uncomfortable and all of these things. So again, going back to resensitizing the body and presence and pleasure, like the more you're able to be with your sensations and your emotions and everything going on in your own body, the more easily you can have these conversations. And yes, there's still going to be discomfort and ick and cringe, but it won't hold you back from taking action and having the uncomfortable conversations that ultimately are going to bring you closer and understand each other better and have a deeper level of intimacy. So I couldn't agree more with what you said. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, as you were saying that it made me think of the last piece, which is then once you do it and you have one uncomfortable conversation, generally, obviously, if you're with a partner who's supporting and loving, which I always say is like the only kind of partner that you should be with, (laughs) um, then you get that positive feedback loop of something changed, something shifted. And so I think step two is to really acknowledge that change, to celebrate it with each other, to then praise your partner for it and to really let it register in your own system. I did that thing that a week or two weeks ago seemed really scary. And this is an amazing thing that resulted from it. And that's what builds that resilience as well to keep on going and to keep on having those conversations. Mm. So good. And if you're open to share, I feel called to ask if you could go back in time and tell your younger self, maybe at the earlier stages of your dating and relating life, you could give her some advice just when it comes to intimacy and relationships and building a container in that relationship that feels safe and sacred and authentic. What would you tell yourself? I mean, I'm just like, girl, like focus. (laughs) on you being the catch you are the catch mm. like you are the blessing you are the oracle the goddess the like all you you hold that power inside of your pussy all these people are just so blessed to get a taste of it and i think that our world would absolutely change if when we're coming of age we got to have rituals around that around worshiping our bodies, worshiping the power that we have as something so, 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 so sacred to hold. Um, And, you know, I grew up with that commodified and I grew up with that being the currency with which I was trying to pay other people to get their love or get their approval. It never felt like it was mine. And Mm -hmm. so just as you said that, that's honestly like the first thing that flowed through me is like to just spend so much time realizing how sacred and how powerful and how beautiful and like what a blessing you are to others. Um, And yeah, that you are absolutely worthy of getting your needs met. And there are so many beautiful humans out there who want to make you happy, who actually will thrive off of seeing you happy and in your pleasure. And that is not a rarity Um, and it is so available, um, no matter who you're dating out there in the world. Mm. Wow. That self-worth piece feels so pivotal and essential and massive. Like we can have this vision for what we desire for our lives relationally, professionally, financially. And then it's another conversation to actually claim the fact that you are it, like you are worthy of it. And 
we don't have to make ourselves smaller or dim our light in order to manipulate a situation or get something like we really can be all of ourselves and shine brighter and be authentically exactly who we came here to be. So I love that permission slip. Like you are the Oracle. You're it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) This conversation has been so juicy. My energy and my body feels so electrified. I just have a few more rapid fire questions for you if you're open for it. Yes. Okay. So the first one I like to ask all of my guests is what has been the nectar for your soul recently? In other words, what's been nourishing you on a deep soul level? I think deepening in partnership with my partner. Um, We are at five years in our relationship. We are talking about marriage. We're talking about um moving into kind of a deeper phase into our relationship and it's been so beautiful to shift into this vision of we and what are we creating especially because all of my old patterns were very <laughs> resistant to that um and so i think it's a lot of like the offline intimate moments and conversations that we've been having that have been really, really nourishing to my soul. Mm, I just want to celebrate you and your beautiful relationship. Thank Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) And next question, if you had a billboard that millions of people would see, what would you put on it? (laughs) I feel so cheeky. I feel like me on the (laughs) billboard, big smile, being like, Touch your pussy today. <laughs> Give yourself an <laughs> orgasm. Um, honestly, that's the first thing that popped into my mind. <laughs> Fuck yes. Go with the first thing always. <laughs> and what have you been loving recently? What's been turning you on? I think, to be honest, I am I'm in the third year of my business. And what's been really turning me on is having the capacity for personal growth outside of my business. Like there's been this shift where before um, creating something and getting something off the ground is like so much of my energy was in that. And I'm fortunate that, um, you know, I have clients and I've, you know, I've, I've gained enough trust in myself and my skill that like, okay, this is a thing it's created. I'm going to, keep on growing it. But I just had a shift recently of um, instead of like my whole energy, like going into the business, it's like business and my purpose and my work getting to support me and my life again. Um, Mm. And that feels like a really big shift. Something that, um, yeah, I've been really into (laughs) is like just how we're holistic beings and we get to shift what our focuses are in different seasons. Um, And for me, it feels like kind of a season of coming back to um, my friends, my community, my partner, um, my own personal health and, and all of that. Um, I forgot what the original question was, but (laughs) what's been turning you on. Oh yeah. It has been turning me on to like feed other areas of my life that I feel like I didn't get to focus on as much in the previous season of my life. Mm, 
have a follow-up question. So that like we were talking about earlier, like there can be so much focus on hustle and go and push and career money, um, which there's seasons and cycles. There's nothing wrong with being in that season. But when you've been transitioning into this chapter of your life where you are prioritizing your relationships, fun, and just things you like to do that maybe aren't directly correlated with your work, like how else has that impacted you or affected you? I think, honestly, I feel like it's preparing me for the next season in my business. Does that make sense? Like, I just feel like we, the same way you're talking about like holding things energetically, it's like, I think it's preparing me how to hold all of the good in all areas of my life or to create what's needed around me to grow and push new edges. And so I feel like it's almost like, nourishment and like I really believe in those cycles and I'll be honest it's difficult to lean into that right especially Mm -hmm. in a world that is driven by hustle and capitalism and all those things um I will also say that business-wise I have done as best as I could to focus on you know what makes me feel good and the pleasure and and building that into my business um but you know uh dismantling cap internalized capitalism is hard for every single one of us um so yeah I feel like it's really nourishing me to maybe not go back and forth hopefully one day it'll be like even more seamless and more integrated um but that's where I feel like the journey is taking me right now such a permission slip thank you for that and for people who are watching and they can't get enough of you and they want more of your wisdom what do you have going on right now? How can they find you and work with you? All the things. Yes. Yeah, so you can find me mainly on Instagram. So the and when I'm sure you'll link it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where I share a lot of lives, a lot of content. Um, I have several different programs from, you know, nine months, sort of more advanced containers with me. Um, that one's called the Pleasure Temple. Um, to other courses. The one that I will have coming up is called Orgasmic Radiance. And this is the course where I really focus on orgasm, how to have better orgasms, how to have more full-bodied orgasms, how to feel more in your orgasms. It's kind of the most practical. And then a fan favorite is my class BJ's for your pleasure, where I really teach you how to give an epic blowjob that feels so delicious for you. And that is available um, as a replay that you can always access and um, is one of the classes that I get the most feedback on that it has really changed people's lives. And that one is open for everyone of all genders, all orientations who mm. want to give blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. And yes, I will have all of those links in the show notes. Definitely check out Anne and her work. And yeah, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you feel has been left unsaid or anything else that you want to express to the people listening? Just go for it. Your pleasure is so beautiful. It's the greatest medicine that you could possibly give to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just want to thank you. You've just held such beautiful space um, in this recording. And yeah, I can just feel your leadership and the way that you've held this. And so, yeah, if you want to learn with Nadine too. 
<laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> I received that reflection. Thank you so much for your time today, Anne. Yes. Hi again, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did and that it helped to expand your consciousness and perspective in some way. If you liked what you heard or just want to show some love, it would mean the absolute world if you ranked and reviewed the show, sent it to your friends or family, and hit the subscribe button. This allows more people to discover Soul Nectar, keeps the show up and running, and lets me know you beautiful people are out there listening. And if you do leave a review, make sure to take a screenshot and send it to nadine at bloomwithnadine.com and I will personally send a very special gift over your way. Share this episode on Instagram or your other social media handles with your biggest aha moments and takeaways. I'd love to shout you out and hear what resonated with you. Okay, take care and I'll see you in the next episode, my loves. Bye.